So I'm here with formerly homeless doctor Tommy Watson, who tells a story of beating the odds in his award-winning film, Resilient. How are you doing today, Dr. Watson? And I'm doing great, Ryan. How about yourself, brother? I'm excellent. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. So um, I watched uh, the short film. It was excellent. And um, you went through a lot of like different trials and tribulations like early on growing up. Can you talk about those a little? Yeah, again, Ryan, I appreciate the work you're doing and uh, having me on the show as well. You know, um, I would have never imagined in, in a million years, Ryan, that I would be where I am today in terms of talking about my story because it was so painful in the beginning. You know, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. My mother and father were drug addicts and shoplifters who unfortunately were arrested 121 times by the time I finished high school. So as a kid, as you can imagine, my siblings and I, we spent a lot of time in foster homes, crisis centers, motel rooms. There's six of us. Ryan, there was never one time we all lived together as kids growing up, and that was pretty devastating. In fact, the longest period of time I lived with my mother and father was from fifth, eighth grade. The other times we were living with uh, grandparents, um, my, my grandmother or aunts. Um, you know, I, I was so broken as a third grader because I'd been through so much um, by the time I arrived with my aunt that my only goal was actually to join the local gang that was the Crips at the time, and I had hopes of leading them because I was so broken inside. And uh, one of the best things that ever happened to me was my aunt got me involved in basketball, which literally saved my life at the time. Because I was at a road where I was seriously considering joining a gang, as, as the case for a lot of kids who join gangs, because you end up going through so much stuff, you don't feel connected, and you have this emptiness going on inside early on. And, uh, you know, and you know, going a little further, um, my mother and father, first year I was born, my mother was arrested 11 times. So as you can imagine, a a baby having that detachment away from the one person who brings you into this world um, was pretty devastating. And, you know, I met my oldest brother by pure coincidence in the second grade, Ryan, and, um, you know, he happened to be visiting the foster home. And I was in a foster home. He happened to be visiting from another foster home. And um, we just happened to, my sisters happened to remember him from when he was a kid, you know. So it was a lot of trauma and turmoil that kind of took place in my life early on that I had to endure that could have broke me in, in many, many ways. And, um, you know, lived in numerous motel rooms. By the time I was in high school, I got a big break uh, getting a chance to go out to a private suburban Denver high school, which uh, my mother and father went back to prison right before I went to the school and were against me going out to the school. I went out to the school and um, took three city buses one way as a ninth grader each morning and then did the same thing on the way back home. My day started at 6.30 in the morning, didn't end until almost 8 to 10 o'clock at night, depending on when the sports is over with. At the time in high school, I was living with my grandmother. By my junior year of high school, my grandmother had developed Alzheimer's disease. So she had to be placed into a nursing home. Uh, my little brother uh, got involved in gangs and taking a gun to school and attempted to shoot a kid in school, shipped off juvenile prison. And I literally found myself homeless as my mother came out of prison for the first time, I mean, for the last time, but she couldn't find a job because she had been in prison so many times. And, um, you know, she turned to selling drugs to take care of us. In the middle of my senior year of high school, my mother got busted for selling drugs and was going, to back, going her way back to prison again. Uh, fortunately for me, at the time, I was an athlete, even though I was homeless, and I was being recruited by over 30 schools across the country and uh, ended up going to sign and play football at the University of Minnesota. I left there on the Greyhound bus nearly 30 years ago, Ryan, and I never moved back home because I had no home to uh, return to once I left Denver. So the movie Resilient is all about that journey in terms of what it took for me to survive and thrive in the midst of very chaotic circumstances. And it's an incredible um, short film. Uh, you, you see uh, so much of that, like, you know, the lack of family support, 
uh, watching the film. Uh, how did you stay motivated, like, you know, during, during that process to continue, you know, fighting for, um, you know, having an education and doing something better with your life? Because so many people and stuff grow up in those situations and, you know, maybe they even have some athletic talent, but they say, like, you know, it's just not worth it. I'm going to hang out on the block. Yeah, you're right about that, Ryan. You know, one of the things I had to learn how to do at an early, early age was I had to learn to dream beyond my circumstances. So I remember when I was in, uh, about five years old, me and my little brother moved back from my, my grand, moved away from my grandmother, back to my parents. And I remember we were in this apartment building where it was dead smack in the hood and all the kids seemed to have bikes in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the complex. And we didn't have a bike. I didn't have a bike. And neither was my parents spending time with us trying to teach us how to ride bikes. So I remember seeing a 10-speed bike by the trash can, and I, I got on the bike. I, I pulled the bike over Ryan to a car. I got on the car, the hood of the car, and I got on the bike because I was convinced. Because every day I would see those kids riding bikes, Ryan, I was telling myself, I'm going to learn how to ride a bike the same way. And I got on this bike. My feet, my pedal, my feet can barely hit the, the pedals, but I started riding and riding, teaching myself how to do that. So that was something I had to learn how to do, Ryan, even in the midst of the circumstances that I was in. Uh, I had to continue to be a dreamer. And, you know, sometimes we, we hear people talk about dreams and we say, oh, that's kind of cliche, you know, but it's really a reality, though, man, because when you can begin to see before you can achieve anything, you're going to have to believe it first or dream about it. So I was constantly putting myself in the circumstances where I was saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be here one day. I'm going to the NFL one day. I'm going to the NBA one day. So what? Is, so let me find the players who I, I want to emulate. It was Barry Sanders at the time when I was uh, coming through football wise and watched a lot of things that they did. And I began to use his life as a blueprint for mine, you know, but I was also blessed with my grandmother who would come and uh, retrieve me and my siblings a lot from foster homes and stuff like that. So my grandmother, Helen, was a huge blessing to me. I really like the uh, part in the, uh, the, short, the short film where your grandmother, uh, she's like, how are he supposed to pay for this school? And she's like, you know, well, the coach is like, he can work. And then she's like, you know, he can start today. And that really occur? Absolutely. My, my grandmother, Helen, was from Little Rock, Arkansas. She was, uh, she was a domestic, so she was a maid. So she believed in hard work. Um, she, didn't, she didn't pull any punches when it came to hard work. And I remember, like you just mentioned before, that was my first day going out to this uh, private suburban Denver high school. We met the coach, and the school was $12,000 a year. And I thought my grandmother was going to pull it out of her pocket to pay for retirement, you know, out of her retirement, pay for the schooling. And um, we found out very quickly that I could actually work to pay for the other portion of my tuition. And, and uh, I was shocked to hear that my grandmother not only wanted me to work the school grounds, but wanted to work right then and there in my nice clothes. And she left me there, Ryan, literally gave me bus fare and told me she'd see me at home. And I was like, Grandma, are you serious? And that was my first, that's how I paid for my school. So my first day at Mullen High School, I was actually pulling weeds underneath the stadium bleachers, the same stadium I was running uh, touchdowns on. I was pulling the weeds at that same stadium to pay for my tuition at the school. So um, after you, you graduate high school, you get a scholarship uh, to the University of Minnesota and you play Big Ten football. You know, uh, is that pretty much like the start of like, you know, um, you know, things getting better? You know what, Ryan, I, I wish, you know, I tell people there's a difference between growing up homeless and growing up in poverty. So when I was, when I was homeless growing up in Denver, Colorado, uh, there was a lot of stuff we didn't have. You know, my friends who grew up in poverty, even though they were growing up in the projects with a single parent mom, they still had some stability in terms of government assistance and a, and a consistent place to return to most days even if it was the projects, not minimizing that. But when you're dealing with homelessness, you don't know where the next meal is going to come from. You don't know when you're going to show back up to the motel room and your parents be gone. 
You don't know what shelter you're going to be in. So I left Denver, Colorado homeless. You would think that now that I was a Big Ten football player, that things got better for me. Well, I was still dealing with those situations around homelessness because I didn't have anywhere to turn to. I came to Denver. So oftentimes I was coming back to Denver for breaks and vacations. I didn't have anywhere to go. So my teammates would literally, right, they would take the, the um, many of them from Texas. I was originally going to TCU. So many of them came to Texas as well. But many of them would take flights home, and I would be the one player getting on the city bus riding down to the Greyhound bus station. And they were all like, why are you going to Greyhound? Well, I, what I didn't tell them at the time was going from Minnesota to Denver usually took about 22 hours. So when I went home for breaks and vacations, I didn't know where I was going to stay at. But I knew riding on the Greyhound bus, at least I had two days where I knew that I could sleep somewhere, even if it was just on the bus. So, you know, that, those situations around homelessness still don't necessarily subside just because you're on a college campus with the scholarship. So things didn't really get better for me until I actually graduated from college and began to uh, land a job where I was able to make more money and became to stabilize, be able to stabilize myself. Yeah. And uh, what made you like, you know, uh, put down your thoughts? I guess you wrote a book, A Face of Courage, the Tommy Watson story, which is what the short film is based on. So what gave you the idea, you know, to, uh, you know, tell your story? Yeah, you know, I was in so much pain at the University of Minnesota, Ryan. I was, there was even a moment uh, where I even contemplated suicide for a moment there. I was um, in the depression, and I began um, telling my story verbally to one of my teammates and then a couple of coaches, and they encouraged me to share with a, um, at a domestic uh, shelter for an event that I orchestrated for the team. And I just found that my story was uplifting and really encouraging a lot of people. And I told myself that it was something that needed to be shared, even though I was very embarrassed by it, and it caused me so much pain. I found that my story was one that, was, that became something that inspired others. So I began to write about it. So writing my book did two things. It gave me a chance to heal, and it gave me a chance to help others in the process. So I always encourage people, man, if, you, if you're going through something, there's someone out there who can benefit from what you're, what you're going through. And you know, writing a book gives you a chance to heal because you have to become every character in the book when you're writing a book. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, the short film, Resilient, is um, amazing, a very compelling story. Uh, do you have any plans, like, you know, uh, to take this to the big screen or, you know, do a TV series? Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, great, great question. You know, so I'm actually in the process of speaking to some um, folks now, uh, my, myself and my entertainment lawyer, to try to get a featured movie. Uh, so I've, I already have the script written for the featured movie and a script written for the TV series. Um, so what I would like to do, ideally, is to find some folks to partner with to, because I, I would like to serve as executive producer. Um, not just, I'm not looking to sell my story in any capacity because I want to be with it to make sure it's shared in a genuine aspect and, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, taking into consideration that Hollywood is going to do some things that are different. But looking to partner with some folks to, to do those things. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. So I'm excited about the, the next journey on this uh, role for me as well. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed uh, watching the film. And um, I think it would, like, be really great on, like, you know, I can see it on different platforms like Netflix or, you know, the CW. It's really uh, amazing work. Um, Dr. Watson, let me ask you, you know, people going through situations and stuff, maybe watching this video, uh, what would be your advice to somebody facing some of the obstacles that you face? You know, you face a lot of things like going through depression, you know, being homeless. What would be your, your advice for people in the struggle right now? Yeah, that's a great question again, Ryan. I, I tell you that um, sometimes, you know, we go through things in life and we think, we say, why me, why me, why me? And that was my perspective for a long time until it hit me, why not me? Because there are some things that happen 
to us and there's other things that happen for us. So some of the things that you may be experiencing right now out there in terms of anyone out there facing any challenges, it may not necessarily be that something's happening to you, it may be more so that something's happening for you. So you start asking yourself, what are the lessons that I'm learning from these experiences and how those experiences can be tied into opportunities for me to one, heal, and two, help other people as well, because there are a ton of people out there who can benefit from no matter what your situation may be, there's someone out there waiting and would love to hear how you overcame it. So be an overcomer. Um, being an overcomer is about, you know, people hear resilience sometimes and we think resilience is all about surviving, but resilience is also about thriving. It's not just getting through wounded, it is getting through wounded, but asking myself, what did I learn from those experiences, right? As I went through them, that would help me thrive. That's where the thriving piece comes in. So don't just survive what you've gone through, actually thrive by learning the lessons and asking the questions. And remember, adversity sometimes is a far better teacher than victory. So the adversity that you're going through in life can probably teach you far more than your greatest victory that you've ever uh, experienced. And we see that a lot in sports. Most sports teams want to actually lose before they get into the playoffs so that they can actually learn lessons that will help propel them to win later on, though. And I know, Ryan, you're an actor as well, right? So yeah, gonna, I am. I'm going to have to get you in that film somehow, some way, brother. <laughs> oh, definitely. That would be excellent, uh, Dr. Watson. Uh, I appreciate uh, speaking with you. you you're such a uh, positive individual. I learned a lot from watching your story. Is, um, you know, just like the different, like, odds and stuff and everything that you had to overcome is, like, you're amazing and stuff and everything. So, you know, uh, I recommend everybody to check out the short film Resilient and uh, definitely to read your book, uh, Face of Courage, the Tommy Watson story. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. I definitely appreciate that. And if people want to get a hold of me, go to tawatson.com. Uh, my email contact information is there. Like Ryan mentioned, you can actually see, see the short film that's won seven awards for free on YouTube. Just Google uh, Resilient and Short Film. So again, Ryan, I appreciate you having me on, brother. Of course, Dr. Watson. I really appreciate you. Okay, pleasure.